Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast. Our first of the 2021-2022 season. Every year it feels like I'm getting older. Um, we're going to be talking through our championship table predictions, uh, and to help me with that, I'm joined by Alex Everson. How are you, Alex? I'm pretty good. Had a little bit of a break after the end of uh, end of the Euros, and raring to go for another nine months of watching Reading now. So exciting times. Yeah, I mean, my football hasn't even stopped. I think I've been watching as much Olympics as I've been watching anything else as well. So uh, we've also got with us Jordan Cottle. How are you, Jordan? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, nice to be back. Yeah, have you both had a, a good summer? Yeah, it's been nice. Euros was, was fun. Um, disappointing in the end, obviously, but uh, a lovely little run. And now I'm raring to go for the season. I've been desperate for any and all pre-season content um, from any club, it seems. But um, yeah, looking forward to, to all kicking off next week. Yeah, I, I mean, I've noticed that you've been uh, kind of putting out quite a lot of Omar Richards stuff, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, the shirts in the post. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's that's been a nice little little highlight to see how he's been getting on, and it it looks like he's probably going to start the first game, which will be fun. So that's good. Yeah, and Alex, how 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 has the summer from a Reading perspective been for you? Like, have you been following anything, or have you been trying to put it out of your mind as much as possible? Honestly, I try to just kind of put it out of my mind especially after the end of last season I was like you know what just uh take some time off it and come back to it uh come back to it in in early August or late July and so when uh, got got a chance to go back to the ground yesterday and uh it was nice to be back at the ground despite the result yeah let, I mean let's not talk about that friendly it was just <laughs> I don't think anyone learned anything from it. I don't think that it was particularly fun for anyone watching. But, well, maybe the Crystal Palace fans had a good time. Um, I mean, I imagine seeing Patrick Vieira is a nice nice thing. He's, he seems like a quite imposing man. But, I, completely uh, forgot, I completely forgot he was there, to be honest. But, 
<laughs> okay, well, you know, this was a good bit of the segment. Uh, and so, on to the format. Um, we have each chosen our 1 to 24 uh, individually, and then we've, you know, very mathematically calculated an average for each team, and we'll be running through which team we think will finish where. It's not, you know, rocket science. Uh, and as a man who does not like making predictions, this has been particularly hard for me. Um, we'll start... No. Sorry, Alex, go on. Yeah, no, no fence sitting this season. It's not allowed. <laughs> I think I will be sitting on many fences, but alas, it doesn't really work for this. Um, we'll start at the top. Um, it might not be fence sitting, but it isn't exactly groundbreaking that uh, Fulham are number one. Um, both Jordan and I have put them as one. Jordan, why, why have you got them there? I think... I think it seems to be the the, the popular pick. Um, I think I think there's just a lot going for them that they just know how to do this, right? You know, they've been down and come back up successfully, even you know two seasons ago, whatever it was, when they weren't particularly. I wasn't particularly fussed with Parker. They still managed to get over the line. You've got to say that you know they kind of just know what they're doing with this stuff, and even though they'll lost a few players they're probably going to lose a few more they've even changed manager uh, some question marks over silver he's probably too good for for championship though you know they just seem like they'll they'll get it over the line you know they've even got guys who like you know Hector didn't get a sniff last season but he'll probably be one of the best centre-backs in, in the division this year if he plays you know that's kind of the setup of their their team so for me I just couldn't really look past them yeah and I mean Alex has him in second, but who he's got in first is the overall number two, and that's Bournemouth. Um, yeah, I mean, same question to you, Alex, about Bournemouth. What what makes you think that they'll finish in that top yeah. spot? I mean, so with Bournemouth, last season, they obviously finished in the playoffs, uh, despite really starting pretty poorly. Um, I can't see them starting that poorly again under Parker. Who's I have to say he's a very Bournemouth type manager. I don't know why he just strikes me as that kind of you know uh, very Bournemouth South Coast vibe. They just fit nicely together. I think um, they picked up Marcondes from Brentford on a free, which is a really good signing. And to be honest, I think Solanke's probably going to be top scorer as well. They'll score a bucket load of goals, um, Bournemouth, and I just think they'll pip Fulham to the title. Uh, partly because I, I don't rate Marco Silva hugely um, and partly just because I think Bournemouth will just blow teams away and, and pick up a lot of a lot of free points uh, against teams in the bottom half who, who are just unable to, to cope with them going forwards. So does that mean you do rate Scott Parker? Um, I think it's more that I rate Bournemouth's squad. <laughs> the yeah, only I thing mean... I'd say about Bournemouth, and it'd probably be a nice segue to something we can probably say before all of these predictions is that there's still quite a lot of work to be done in the transfer window in and out and that like they need a keeper like yeah. desperately i'm sure they will get one and once they do then i'll feel a lot better about them um but with all of these like it's weird we're about to start the season it feels like 90 percent of the transfer business probably still has yet to happen so um but it, like they got a strong squad haven't they 
Yeah, I mean, I think they were meant to get Woodman from Newcastle, but then he got injured. Uh, sorry, he didn't get injured. Dubravka got injured and Newcastle didn't want him to go on loan anymore. So, uh, yeah, as you say, I'm sure something will happen. That's why I currently have them in second two, like the fact that they're... Also, Diego um, Rico's left and they don't really have a, the same kind of replacement at left back either. Um, but it's no surprise, really, that rounding out the top three... Um, is Sheffield United another relegated side? Jordan, you, you can talk about them because you actually had them to finish in the top two. Yeah, I, yeah. So I had them, I had them second. Um, I think it seems weird because mo most people probably do have them in their top three, but I think they'll surprise a few people by being maybe better than than people maybe think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, are first or second out of the, the relegated teams. I just think they seem probably the most settled. I think they've got the best manager out of any of the three that have come down. Um, I think we are all understandably a little bit um, scarred from, from seeing them be so terrible last year. But what they do have is a squad full of, at worst, excellent championship players. And I think there's something to be said for having a team full of really experienced, excellent championship players versus a team full of probably Premier League players, but maybe don't know how to play the division, don't know how to get out of the division. Um, I think there's a handful of guys who, who are in that squad that we know have been promoted or just excellent at this level. We know Ollie Norwood has, has been up there and got promoted handful of that team from you know a few seasons ago is still there i think a bit like solanke last season when people are talking about a drop down the championships probably a good thing for him career-wise i think the same could be said for brewster you know i wouldn't be surprised if he scores a lot of goals this season last time he was at this level he looked too good for this level so the fact he's back down here now in a Ikanovic team i think i think they'll go strong um, I think they'll be, come the end of the season, I think they'll they'll be looking very, very good. My one question over Sheffield United is, can Jukanovic get them to overperform in the way that Wilder did? Like, is that squad in the same, in his image, or is it still in Wilder's image? And and we won't know for, you know, a mm. little while. Yeah. Um, and then in fourth, we've got the final relegated team, West Brom, who do seem like they've got kind of the most question marks over them at the minute. Um you know, Ishmael's come in. Uh, he's brought Moat with him from Barnsley. He's a very good player. Um, Alex, you had them in this fourth spot. What What is it about them that didn't quite, you know, um, convince you in the same way as those other three? I think it's just there's more question marks, right? Um, Ishmael coming in is a... We all saw last season he did a great, a great job with Barnsley. But we've seen, uh, we've seen for example... Uh, Slavisa get promoted out of his division multiple times. Sheffield United, Bournemouth have probably got, a, a, I'd say, a stronger squad if all of the expected departures um, from, from West Brom go through. I wouldn't expect Pereira to still be there at the end of the window. Sam Johnston is another one I could see potentially leaving. Um, I don't know how many rumours have been about him going yet, but if, if their keeper leaves, then it's going to be potentially difficult to replace somebody of that kind of quality before the uh, transfer window shuts. And it might just take some time for the style that, that um, Valerian Ishmael wants to play to bed in at West Brom, I think. And it might be the case that 
we see them at the end of September or, or middle of October and we see that they're down in mid-table somewhere and it just takes a little bit of time for them to kind of bed into that new system. Yeah, and with every managerial appointment, you do wonder how much of it's going to be his influence and how much is going to be the squad's influence. So, like, same sort of thing for Sheffield United. Like, is he going to have to adapt to play with the players that he's got? With the noises coming out of preseason, it sounds like not really. He's going to try and play almost exactly the same style of football as he played at Barnsley. But whether that will be as successful and whether West Brom fans will allow him to play that is another question, I guess, Alex. I think it will probably be as successful just purely because of the talent that they've got compared to the rest of the division. If he, you know, if he managed to do that with Barnsley, which let's be honest, Barnsley's player quality compared to West Brom is is not the same. Um, he should be able to manage the style, but as you say, whether West Brom fans are going to be happy to see their team playing kind of direct long ball football against teams lower down in the division is going to be another question. So on to fifth place, which we actually have a tie-in. Um, one that we all agree on more than the other. So let's start there. And that is Luton Town, who, I mean, I've, I've got a soft spot for them. They're my dad's team. Um, Nathan Jones coming back in clearly helped them at the back end of two seasons ago and then last season. They seem to have made quite a lot of moves in the transfer window, um, more than I think almost any other team. Uh, Jordan, I know you're pretty high on some of those players. Um, you've got them in seventh, which is actually the lowest of I've, uh, like uh, any of us. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I sort of surprised myself because I went in thinking that I was going to be not down on them, but maybe not quite as excited as, as other people. And they still ended up quite high on my table, which probably tells you a lot about the, the middle block that's coming up. But um, I think... I think a lot has been said about how good a window they've supposedly had. Um, I think a lot of the, the signings are good, fun, exciting, but in my mind, at least, not immediate guarantee of success. So I think the business they've done is the type of business that I would love to see as a fan of the team, love to see as the fan of our team, because it's guys who have you know, higher levels to go, have proven themselves at, at lower divisions and are ready to step up. But I think to put them much higher than we have, or even to be able to put them as high as we have, I think you're relying on a lot going right. Like you're talking about guys hitting the ground straight away. Like I'm massive fan of Carlos Mendes Gomez, watched quite a bit of, of Morecambe last year. I got a bit of a soft spot for them. I think he's a brilliant player. I'm very jealous that, that they've signed him and we have him. But I think it's a big ask to say he's going to step up at the same time as a handful of the others that they've picked up are all going to hit the ground running at the same time. Nathan Jones, massive tick in their box. Pelly Ruddock re-signing, massive tick in their box. Um, but, you know, they constantly are punching to, to overperform. Uh, and, you know, that often doesn't always go all those guys don't often always do it at the exact same time. Um, and I think they maybe have to in order to, to get playoffs or higher. I think one thing about Luton, uh, which does go in their favour slightly, is the fact that they've done all this business very, very early on. Uh, they've obviously mm -hmm. had a whole pre-season. We're talking about 90% of the transfer activity probably is still to come. Luton, have, I, I don't know if they've finished, but they've done an awful lot of business, which is going to help their first team out early on. Um, and 
I can see them getting off to a, a hot start and being a bit, you know, if they're if they're in the top four or five after ten games, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and I think it will come as a shock to a lot of people if they see them near the top of the table early on in, early on in the season. Yeah, I think the only, you know, obviously they they bounced up two divisions like quite quickly, um, and then but. What did happen is they had a period of consolidation in League Two where they built the squad to then do that. And likewise, in the kind of uh, conference when they were still down there. So, as you say, that didn't click straight away. It took a few years for them to make that step. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, the other team, Jordan, you've got them in third, Middlesbrough. I cannot understand it. Talk me through it. Yeah. I mean, these guys, again, ended up higher in my list than I was expecting at the start. But um, I think, look, we, we know, I don't want to like do my 1-24s just based on narratives, but we all know that like somebody ends up sneaking a bit higher than we would have thought. And when I was going through this, I saw a lot of teams that had good squads, decent squads, maybe not amazing squads, but good ones, but maybe had a bit of balance off. And you, I'll probably end up talking about that for a couple of teams as we go in terms of say, you know, I like the defense, I like this, but maybe I don't like that. Middlesbrough just came out in my mind pretty well-rounded. I think they've got a really nice mix of good dependable players, some match winners. I really like the business that they've done. I think Uche is a great pickup. I, you know, I like Crooks as well. Warnock, you know, we, he knows how to get out of the division. There ended up just being way more pop like positives and just ticks in their box than, than I was expecting when I came into this. I think the problem that they'll have is much the same problem they had last year. It's like, okay, they've brought in Uche Paisi and they've brought in um, Sami Amiobi, but it, they still don't have massive depth in that striker um, position because there's some Belonga and Fletcher, like whatever you think about them, they're not there anymore. Um, so they are, again, an injury or two away from having um, Duncan Watmore play up front, which he did very well, to be fair. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out for you. I think it might be one at the end of the year. Either you will be a genius or people will be questioning. I'm sure people will come back to this episode and, and really, you know, forensically examine it. Um, so that rounds out our top six. We've got uh, Fulham and Bournemouth to be promoted automatically with Sheffield United, West Brom, Middlesbrough and Luton making the playoffs. Um, just outside of that sits Stoke. Um, Alex, you're not actually as high on Stoke as the rest of us. Uh, why not? I, I find Michael O'Neill's football very, very boring. Um, I don't think they create a huge amount of chances. They're, they're very kind of tight at both ends. Um, last season... I mean, they were mid-table, weren't they? And they they didn't have Tyrese Campbell for a lot of the season, um, who's obviously a, a kind of a key player for them. But I, even if he comes back this season, he's going to have to have a very good season, I think, to get them much higher in the table. I think even if he comes back and scores 15, 16 goals for them this season, I, I just don't see them challenging hugely for the playoffs. Um, maybe they'll be there or thereabouts at some points in the season, but I just don't see a sustained challenge from them. Um, I think their games are just too tight every week and uh, eventually they're going to kind of, they'll, they'll, you know, see the, see the average come out across the season. They're just not going to be able to pick up enough kind of like um, 
comfortable victories as um, as they probably need to, to to get to the playoff spots. Yeah, I think like the thing with them is they're still feeling the effects of like massively overspending or not overspending, but their Premier League spending. Like if you look at their outgoings, it's like far more than any other team. And also a lot of their players are kind of approaching the wrong side of 30. Like yeah. Joe Allen's still there, McLean, Fletcher. I don't know what Lee Gregory's still doing there, but he's still there as well. I mean, I really like the signing of, of Vrancic coming in from Norwich, but mm. he, he's 32 and yeah. he's going to have to play in central midfield for them probably 30, 30 times this season, I would imagine. Um, it, it doesn't. He's a great player in the championship, don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't scream like planning for the future particularly. No, I think I think they're still in a mode where they're trying to cut cloth rather than necessarily plan for the future. And, and you're right, that might come back and hurt them. Um, next, we've got Millwall. Uh, Jordan, you've got them in eighth. They're eighth in our table. Um, what do you like about them? So I, th- I think there's there's a fair bit to like about them. We know we know a lot of what we'll get with with Millwall in terms of you know the defensive resilience almost comes a standard, even if it's maybe a cliche. Um, I think I liked a lot of the signings. I think Ballard's a good player. I quite liked what I saw from him last season at Blackpool. Um, I think Savile's a great pickup. Um, the goals would worry me a little bit. You know, I, I don't, I'm not super convinced by by some of their attacking options, but I'm sort of wondering whether there's more to come on, on that side of things. Um, I just think, you know, we've seen before with Millwall and with, um, you know, teams in this mould where not a lot has changed and they can, um, you know, just add a few little key bits and pieces that suddenly they can, they can, you know, get towards really challenging. You know, I wouldn't be that surprised if they spend a lot of this season, you know, pushing for playoffs. Maybe if we've had them and I've got them falling just short, but um, I think there's something to be said for, uh having that consistency of squad consistency of manager when a lot of the rest of the league doesn't have that. Um, so I just think that'll, that'll hold him in good stead probably. Yeah. I mean, even the business they've done, they've brought George Savile back from Middlesbrough who was a Millwall player for ages and they've signed Scott Malone per, uh, permanently who was on loan there last season. So as you say, it, it seems to be a clear kind of progression that they're working towards. So um, I, yeah, I've got them to finish pretty. I think I've got them to sneak just inside the playoffs. So, but I think all three of us. Oh no, Alex doesn't. Alex thinks I'll finish mid table. But you know, what, whatever, Alex. We'll, we'll come back to that later. Um, the next one I think I'll take, which is QPR, because for half of this I had them in fourth, um, and I've t- turned them down to eleventh now. Um, I'll go through my reasoning for fourth, which is like I like their signings, like. They, they've basically done what Millwall have done, which is brought back the players that were there on loan last season. Um, Jordy Device, uh, I don't know if I pronounced that right, Stefan Johansson and Charlie Austin. Um, so, uh, and they've brought in Sam McCallum on loan, who would have been a great left-back to have for Reading, but oh well. Um, the only problem with them is like, yes, they had the fourth highest XG in the league last year. They also had the third highest XG against. Um, and in the run, like post-January, um, Lyndon Dykes had the form of his life for the part, like the last 10 games. I don't know what it was about scoring against Reading because he hadn't scored for 20 games before that. But after that, he scored like seven in 10 and assisted four more. So I think they, I, I think they could go either way. 
Um, so I, I prompt for them to be in 11th, which is either way. I, I mean, I've got them in seventh, um, which is a slight improvement on last year when they finished ninth. But in terms of points, I mean, they picked up 68 points last year. I just don't see them getting much worse, um, really. That That's kind of why I've got them so high. Uh, it, and I mean, part of that is due to kind of just how congested this middle pack is from seventh down to probably 15th or 16th. It's very, very tight. And I think, you know, we could predict a team to finish in seventh, eighth place and they can finish 14th or 15th very, very easily. And it wouldn't take a lot for that to happen. And I would, the only, my only worry about QPR, despite putting them seventh is, like you said, a lot of things kind of fell their way last year in terms of uh, form. And if things don't fall their way, they could quite easily end up finishing very, very mid table this season and, um, and not challenging for the playoffs as I've, as I've predicted. Yeah. I mean, I think they might bite me, but I, I don't get the hype. I don't get a hype with them at all. I, I, and people probably, that one might come up and back and bite me in the summer next year, but um, I just don't get the midfield. Like, I think a little bit like what we were talking about with Luton, like, I think you're just asking for stuff to go right that hasn't yet. Like, Sam Field, like, how much football has he played in ages? I know he's he was pretty highly rated. They really liked him at West Brom, but it just didn't happen. Dazelle, like, I feel like, been a lot of promise and some flashes but again you're asking him to to do things that he hasn't really done yet wasn't that long ago that Steffi Hansen was looking I didn't see much of him last season I know the QPR fans liked him but it wasn't that long ago that he was looking way too slow for a Fulham team trying to challenge so I just I don't I don't see it personally I don't see the goals either like I know Austin like Austin will get you goals but like I don't know that one that one's confused me and also Warburton defences, uh, yeah, I, I don't see them being able to put it all together for a playoff. They are, they are notoriously leaky, the Warburton defences. Mm. Yeah, well, you, we saw that at, at the back end of last year as well. And I think it, the kind of ups and downs, like they had really good wins against the top kind of six and then lost to Rotherham and Derby. And so, yeah, really, a tough one to predict. And I do like the sentence, I don't see where goals are coming, but Charlie Austin will get you goals. It can get you some goals. Yeah. Not not oh, well. Lyndon Dykes is gonna contribute <laughs> the other ones. He was my he was my sleeper pick for who would be have a good uh, Euros and, and that didn't turn out well. So maybe we'll move on quickly from there. Um Alex, next up is Cardiff. Um Mick McCarthy is gonna piss the league, isn't he? Uh I'm not sure about piss the league, but he's gotta be a, a positive, hasn't he, for Cardiff. Um <laughs> I think he's in the. He's got to be in the top six to eight managers in this league, just purely on experience alone. I think. Um, I don't think they're necessarily a very good side, though. Uh, it's, it's kind of the problem. Um, Kiefer Moore is obviously a goal scorer and will probably do quite well again this season as long as he stays. Um, but they have lost Harry Wilson, so that's going to affect Kiefer Moore's kind of productivity. I think going forwards. Um, and then the only other real note I've I've got about Cardiff is if Gareth Bale comes in, then can I change my position from have them finishing eighth to something a little bit higher? That's uh, the only only caveat I've got with Cardiff. There's no way that transfer happens. I just <laughs> like there's no. He was too good for Tottenham. He's not going to drop down to Cardiff, surely. 
I don't know. We never know. Isn't it? Isn't it golf? I, I can't remember the order. Wales golf. Wales golf. Uh, Wales golf Madrid. I'm fairly certain that Cardiff comes before all of them. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess he's made enough money. He doesn't necessarily have to be playing for that reason anymore. Um, but uh, next up is Nottingham Forest, who also have kind of a traditionally well-thought-of championship manager in, in Chris Hewton. Uh Jordan, you've got them in ninth, which, no, you don't. You've got them in tenth. Alex has them in ninth. Um, yeah, I mean, I see Alex has written, Hewton has a great record in the championship. Um, what else do they have that, like, make you confident that they'll be top ten finishers? So whew, I'm not super confident. I could just I could see it. I could see it working. I think they've got. Um, I think they've got some exciting players. That if if they can, if Hutton can trust to get out there, then I think they could be very good. You know, Brennan Johnson looked very, very, very good last year in League One. Um, so I'm excited to see him play lots of football. You know, I've not seen a ton of him, but. Forest fans seem very, very enamoured with with Mighton as well. You know, you've got two guys, you know, who if they get running, start playing well, will probably quite soon look too good for the championship. So I think um, there's I'm not as hot on on them as as sort of some you know predictions I've seen. I've had them very, very high. Um, you know, there's I think they've got a very good defence. They've got like good centre backs. I think the midfield is a bit okay not amazing and i think there's got to be question marks about the strikers um we've seen grab and net goals we've seen lyle taylor look good for the championship but they both looked pretty poor last season it seemed um so maybe there's more business to do but the wingers excite me for sure i think poor is an understatement on those two <laughs> for last season let's be honest uh yeah forest only scored 35 goals last season they've only got three strikers in inverted commas um i'm sure they've got other players who will play kind of forward areas but three strikers who can score goals and they're all the wrong side of 30. Mm. like they're gonna have to i think yeah i think if they're gonna if if forest have any ambition to finish in the playoffs or higher they're gonna have to try and sign a striker however good grabben has a, a record i just don't I, I don't think that those three are going to be the, the players who are. I think they've got Taylor, Taylor Graben and, and DeCosta, and those three are just not going to get you high enough in the table. Yeah, especially after losing Amiobi as well, and like some other, not necessarily key players, but like it seems like they had a bit of a Reading situation going on with an absolutely huge squad, um, and seems like they're starting to rectify that. Um, next couple will be interesting. Uh, Barnsley are next. They're actually level with Forest in our table. Um, so they've lost DK. They've lost um, Ishmael. Um, again, lots of question marks over them. Feels like it could go either way. Um, yeah, you have them eighth, Matt. I do have them eighth. And I don't know why. No. Uh, so I think, I think a lot of these predictions for me says more about the kind of overall... Um, quality of the championship this season than maybe other teams. So I've actually got a quote from Marcus Shop's Wikipedia page, Wikipedia, oh, nice. Wikipedia page, which is during his time as a manager at Sturmgratz and Hartberg, he built a reputation as a developer of young emerging talent, which is, I assume, exactly why Barnsley have picked him up. Um, they've brought in Ulare um, for the DK replacement, who Alex, I know you don't like, but he is tall and strong and will 
probably I mean, do a similar job. But I mean, I'm well. I'm tall, but I couldn't play up front for Barnsley. It's not it's no. it's not a uh, I don't even think it's a it's a particularly um, ringing endorsement of him. No, uh, but I mean, he he does come out okay on metrics, although he hasn't played a massive amount of football, so it's hard to properly judge. Um, one of the things I think will harm Barnsley and might harm Ishmael at West Brom is that. We've gone back to having three subs this season and Barnsley hugely capitalised on using five. Um, so it might just drop them down that little bit. Um, but they 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 have a team that are clearly, you know, quite together. They know what they're doing and they seem to be taking steps forward almost every season. So that's why I've got them in eighth. I think they'll probably fall short of the playoffs, but I, I see them better than the bottom half. Definitely. Like, I think they'll probably comfortably be top half this year. Um, but, you know, this is why I don't like making predictions because they'll probably finish 20th. Um, and then after that um, is Swansea, who are another team in crisis. Um, I don't think that's too strong a word. Uh, sounds like they might have a manager for next uh, next week now. Uh, so that will do them well. Uh, we've all got them to finish in the bottom half now. Uh, Jordan, you've got them to finish lowest, so I'd like you to talk me through that. Sure. Um, I think the news about Russell Martin, I, I assume that that's close to being done, I think is good. I don't think it's enough to turn around their season, season to anything particularly high finish. I think we saw it at MK Dons that, you know, on the face of it, he looks a really exciting manager, um, but it takes a little while to get it going. Um, so I think we'll see them win lots of fans and plaudits, but maybe not that many points this year. Um, I think the squad is is an issue there as well. Um, I think at, at MK, he was given pretty, I don't know about the expenses, but he was given the opportunity to, to turn over quite a lot of the squad um, and get in the sort of players that he wants now. I don't know that he's going to have the opportunity to do that at Swansea. Their, their squad has been getting chipped away at for years, which obviously put a lot of tension with the last manager. Um, there's a lot of that team that I think there's some good players to work with in that team. But as a squad, it doesn't overly convince me. I think goals have got to be a, a massive concern. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't know that I see them getting all the way relegated, particularly with, with Martin there. And I'm sure they will get some business done. Um, but I think it's a big ask to, to, to put them anywhere near the top half at the moment. I mean, last season they were just loans FC, weren't they? Uh, that's that's kind yeah. of their issue. Their, their their squad last year was built on loans into the first 11 and, and Jordan Ayew and, uh, sorry, Andre Ayew. And that was it. Apart from that, they have they have no actual players of their own really I think Connor Roberts is probably the only player I, I could name of the Swansea squad who I think would be uh, a transfer target for anybody in say the top six well Grimes apparently is off and Grimes and, yes and but I, I kind of assumed Grimes had already gone so yeah, yeah. I mean that, that that worries you that like club captain I think he is and obviously so instrumental in, in how they want to play and I assume would be a player that the Martin would love to to have um so yeah bit worrying. Jordan and I are still playing on your mind there, Alex, after destroying our left backs yesterday. 
let's not go into that either. Um, right, next up is Birmingham. Uh, Lee Boyer it was another that benefited from Reading gifting points. Um, and after that, they actually looked fairly decent. Um, it just, like, they brought in a few young loans from United and, and I think a couple from uh, Wolves. It just, it's a question of whether they can kick on, I guess, Jordan? Yeah, I think I think Bowen's got to be a big positive. Um, I think whatever you think about him as a person, I think he's he's done quite well. It's Charlton team were obviously very very difficult to play against. Um, I like Ryan Woods. You know, that's a, a, a player that I would have loved to have had at Reading over the last I don't know five six seasons or whatever. I think he's a very good player, so I think that's a good pickup. Um, I like Sanderson. I think the wing is a interesting. You know, I had a chat with a, a Birmingham fan on Twitter about them. So I like Tai Chong basically hasn't done anything in senior football, but was very, was fairly highly rated at, at United. And, and Jordan Graham is another one who very good season last year, but is like a name that's been floating around for a while as like one of these guys who's like big, big potential just hasn't quite happened for him yet. So I think they're, they're one of the ones that are quite hard to place because there's there's some bones of, of of a fairly good team there, and if some of the signings are better than maybe we even think they are right now, which wouldn't be a huge surprise, then then something they could be looking quite high. But I'd, until we know more, I think I'd struggle to put them much much higher. Yeah, and I mean, if that manager is a positive, uh, next we've got Blackburn who seem to have a very good squad. Okay, like Adam Armstrong might not be there, but Alex, it sounds to me like Tony Mowbray is the one dragging them down. I think Blackburn fans are kind of a little bit fed up of Tony Mowbray now, uh, which I think from the outside may be a little bit surprising, uh, given that they've maybe been dealt a bad hand over the last few years in terms of injuries. And... um, Bradley Dack coming back fully fit this season, as opposed to last season when I think he only played about 10 games, should help them. Um, if Armstrong leaves, though, I, I think they'll struggle to they'll struggle to replace him with anywhere near the same kind of quality, obviously. They haven't made any signings yet either, um, similar to us. I just They're not going to improve, are they? I, I just don't see how they're going to improve if, if nothing's really changing there. Um, the fans uh, The fans don't really want Mowbray around for well at least it's very uh, split opinion there and I can just see their season kind of being very stale and very dull yeah I mean especially without Harvey Elliott as well um he's gone back but now they have Burton Diaz who is a totally new player not Ben Burton different person um it's literally like signing a new player yeah I mean uh I mean it's fun isn't it it is fun have you seen the Pepsi advert with him Brilliant. Not yet. Oh, it's oh, great. You should watch that. Yeah. It is great. Um, Blackburn and then Hull. So you two have Hull above Blackburn. I've got them almost relegated. Um, someone that has actually watched Hull should probably talk about them rather than me. Uh, Jordan, go for it. So I think I think guess trying to put a level on the promoted teams is really tough. Um, you know, I think as standard maybe the bookies and obviously some people making these predictions will will have them in the bottom three as their like default and then work from there. I think in my mind, 
like Hull shouldn't have been relegated two seasons ago when they did. It was, I think actually like in my mind, I'm not a Hull fan obviously, but like in my mind, it was a decent gamble what they went for. They just went horribly wrong. Like they knew that they weren't going to go up. It didn't look like they were going to go down. So they went, all right, but we'll just cash in. We'll see it through the season and then we'll build. And it just went so wrong. So in my mind, they were never really, they were like a, a solid, decent championship team that got relegated out of nowhere in my mind. And then went down, just did things very, very professionally to get back up again. So in my mind, when I was looking at these, I, I wasn't really viewing them as a League One team coming up. I was, I was viewing them as, you know, a championship team that just took a sabbatical or whatever. Um, so I like the, the signings. I think there's there's an element of getting carried away by how well they did last year. We've seen, you know, Barnsley when they first came up, Wigan when they came up, having dominated League One and then struggled a bit. So I, I didn't really want to put them too much higher. But yeah, I just don't really put them in the same bracket as as the other two promoted teams that I quite like. But Hull just seemed way more put together at the moment. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that behind the scenes they messed up signing players which is quite funny um i'm not sure how that yeah. would affect them because their their team does seem okay like malik wilkes is obviously quite a good player they had the best defensive record in league one so um yeah i mean we'll see if you haven't heard the story about hull city they're basically in the same position as reading um but they signed too many players and then tried to loan some out but those loan players still count against their cap so yeah they're kind of in a bit of a mess uh next we actually do have reading um we're not going to talk about them here because Paul's going to talk about them um, with Jonathan Lowe in a podcast sometime this week. Um, unless there's anything you wanted to say, Alex, about them. I mean, I think it's more just we've got them in 17th. We've seen people talking that, you know, there's a potential that Reading will get relegated this season. Um, I think where we've placed them is fairly fair. I don't, you know, I don't think there's... Um, I don't think there's going to be too much arguments around us being in and around that kind of like lower, you know, bottom eight end of the table at the moment this season, just given the squad depth. Yeah, I mean, and it's similar to last season, get a few injuries and things could go pretty badly, keep the first 11 fit and things could go fairly well. Um, I mean... I don't want to talk about Reading, so we're just going to skip over them. Uh, Coventry next. Alex has written one of the dull sides in the league, so I'm not going to ask Alex about him. I'm going to ask Jordan. <laughs> I mean, but just before that, one of the dullest sides in the league, because every single prediction, 1-24 I've seen so far for the championship, has Coventry finish either 17th or 18th, because everybody knows exactly what you're going to get with Coventry, it seems. Okay, well, is that done? Shall we just move on to Peter then? One, one, thing, I'll <laughs> say about, one thing I'll say about Coventry... Um, is I think, and maybe people aren't falling into this trap if they're all putting them 17 and 18, but I think I think they've done some really good business in terms of picking up some former loanees and stuff. But I think a few seasons ago, Bristol City did that. You know, they brought in like Jay De Silva and they brought in, I think it was maybe Callas and stuff like that. They brought in all these former loanees, spent a fair bit of cash to do it, and everybody was very, very excited. Now, I think those were good signings. That's good business. But those aren't signings that necessarily will see you kick on, right? So if you're bringing in all these guys who did great last year, but you only finished where you did, great that you picked them back up again on you know permanent deals and stuff. It's great squad building for the future. 
but those aren't the deals that are going to push you into the top half. Um, so I think they'll be fine. I'm really excited by um, Enabakare coming back from India or something like that after impressing on loan. That was always like a FM signing that I was desperate to get because he was like League One and had like 18 dribbling or something. So I'm very excited to see how he gets on. But I, I just can't necessarily... I don't know what kicks them on to the next level. I certainly haven't seen it in the signings. I was just about to say, he helped my Luton Town side get promoted on FM. So, well, okay. yeah. yeah, he's great for me. Uh, Peterborough next. So they're 19th in our table. I've got them to finish in the bottom three just because I think like their style of play... I don't know if this is more me listening to what people have said about Peterborough and it's quite an attacking style. Um, they were very good at home um, last season. And I just don't know how well that will translate to a league where most teams are better than them. Um, you both have them in 19th, so to finish safe. Um, Alex, why won't they be relegated? I mean, if we just look at last season, they were the top scorers in League One. And I just think that with Darren Ferguson, their, their, their whole attitude is basically we're going to go and score more goals than you. And but against will that work in the Championship? Well, against teams lower down in the league, I think it will. And it will it will pick them up enough results against teams higher up in the league when they can when they can push on in eighteen games against teams who should be better than them uh, and, and pick up a point here and there against them. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to if they play that way all season. They will end up getting beaten very comfortably by some of the better teams as well. Um, but against the teams lower down in the division, I think they'll just pick up a lot of wins because the other teams just aren't going to be able to keep up with their their rate of scoring it wouldn't surprise me if they end up with like a negative goal difference even though they score 60 goals or something cool well it sounds like a fun fun time I'll and, be watching I mean, Peterborough matches. The, the one the one player i'm looking out for um is going to be clark harris uh, he, he was rumored to come to reading two seasons ago just before he signed yeah. for peterborough basically um and it's going to be interesting to see how he does in the championship and, and whether his kind of whether he can make the step up from from being a, a top end league one player into a, a fully fledged championship striker yeah sounds sounds nice it's always nice to see players that reading have uh, not signed doing really well he'll probably score a few goals against us won't he it's fine um so two sides joint on on our average uh because a three-person average does this um 20th and 21st Bristol City, so they do have Nigel Pearson, who would feel like a net plus, um, although he has signed Matty James and Andy King. You just bring in Leicester players that you knew. Um, they had the worst XG numbers in the league last season, both for going forwards and going back. They're not in a good place. Um, yeah, Jordan, like, is Bristol City one of the teams that might get relegated, Jordan, even if we've got them slightly outside of that? 100% I can definitely see it. Um I think I think the last summer last year was really interesting because obviously they brought in Pearson. Um you know, certainly in, in my eyes they were like really bad. Um and Pearson was like chucking a lot of players on the bus and just making it very clear they didn't fancy them and for whatever reason and it seemed like the fans were in in the same opinion the club and the fans really threw their weight behind Pearson and was like, yeah, no, it is the player's fault. And I think that's, it's, it's interesting. He's got to, he's got to hit the ground running because that won't last another transfer window, surely. 
I think doing that, if if you come in at the end of a season and you come in and say it's the players' fault, it's not me, it's the it's the players, it's all well and good doing that. But unless you're going to have a really busy window where you can ship out 15 players and bring in 12 new players, yeah. then you're just left with the same players who inevitably, probably now don't like you. I, um, I, I always thought Johnson had them punching anyway and was turning like decent players, good players into into like guys who are kicking out a really good output and stuff. Um, and I don't know that Pearson can do that. Um, yeah. And once that sort of, that side of it falls away, you start to look at the squad in a different light. And, and I just don't know that there's a huge amount of, of quality there. There are individuals that are good, but you know, you, when you're used to seeing, you know, Johnson getting that team overperforming, and thinking about players in a certain way, and then the sort of the shine comes away, and you go, "Well, actually, how good is you know Vyman or whatever?" I don't know if he's still there, but you know what I mean. Like I, the squad doesn't quite look as good as I maybe thought it did look when Johnson was there and they were playing quite well. Yeah, I mean, I think two of the standout players for me are Jeju and Patterson, and they've both left and. Like Mariapa, who okay, he isn't the same player as he was. He's gone. Like yeah, there's been some outgoings, but as Alex says, not not too many incomings to kind of offset that. Um, another team who are in quite a similar position, where just what are they going to do this season? Uh, Huddersfield, like uh, I've got them to finish nineteenth. You both have them to finish twenty first. Like they've brought in Matty Pearson um, and Jordan Rhodes for some reason. None of them really fit the style that he'll be playing. But then again, like they, they have some good players there. Like Josh Caroma's quite good. Like Mbenza seems all right. Sinani on loan from Norwich could be fun. I, I just don't get those signings with, you know, Pearson and Rhodes, who both feel like you're going to be playing a certain type of way. Um, Alex, how do you feel about Huddersfield? They're, I mean, same question, really. Like they're another one that we could see in the bottom three, right? Yeah, def definitely. I think the quality just isn't there in that squad. Um, and as you said, the, the transfers that they have brought in just don't really make a lot of sense. Um, and, and, and I mean, for me, it a lot of it comes down to that you've got Corbran there who's going into his second season. And I just, I still don't really know, is he actually any good or did he just get a job off the back of working with Bielsa? We'll find out, I guess, won't we? Uh, he always wears very nice clothes on the top line that, make, that makes Tim Della go mad. So uh, he's not he's not Struber levels, though. To be fair, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's tough to kind of properly critique them because there there are those managers that might take a season to bed in, and especially when he's virtually a new manager. Um, he is a new manager, right? This is his first first job, like, yep. first senior job, and and maybe now he will you know, we'll see improvement. And I think that's all that Huddersfield can ask for this season is just to not finish as low as they did last year. And even that might be beyond them. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound very positive, does it? <laughs> Huddersfield fans might have a completely different opinion. I, I don't know. Um, so we come on to our bottom three, uh, who are the three teams left. Uh, Preston, North End, Blackpool, and absolutely no surprise where Derby's finishing. Um Preston are 22nd. Um, Izzy Brown's already injured, which is, I mean, Sad. kind of, 
it is sad. You kind of get what you ask for when you sign Izzy Brown. It feels like it. Um, Frankie McAvoy did actually have quite a good end to the campaign last year. Uh, he won five out of eight games or something. Um, I think the question is, is he going to be Mark Bonner or is he going to be Mark Bowen? Um, which way is it going to go, Alex? I mean, you've got them to be relegated. Well, so I mean, if he's, you think he's going to be Mark Bowen. If he's Mark Bowen, he's not lasting the season anyway, is he? So, um, yeah, I think I, I've got them to finish 22nd. And I just think everything there is, it, it feels... Uh, to be honest, it feels very similar to what I discussed about Blackburn. It's very stale. Um, and they have a lot of contract issues coming up as well. It, it's something stupid like two-thirds of their squad are out of contract in next summer. Uh, Barcusen is out next summer. Their go- uh, goalkeeper Ripley's out. Sinclair's out next summer. Patrick Bauer's out next summer. So many of their players are out of contract next summer. And it just if they don't you know, if, if they're in and around that relegation zone, um, it's just so easy to see them just kind of give up, I think. Um, they can start playing for moves, though, right? Like, well, they could, they, they yeah, could have they, this amazing season where all of them are trying to could. get to go somewhere. Uh, no, I, I agree. They could. But under a rookie manager, well, not rookie manager, sorry, but it's just, you know, I just don't see he's, he's had, what, 10 games at the end of last season, 15 games with Preston. I. I don't know. I just don't see it. I think that the, the fans are very fed up. There's, a, there's definitely like a, just a, an air of discontent at Preston. Um, and I think if they, if they go down, they're not coming back up anytime quickly. What I'd say about the squad just quickly as well is that like, um, I think the way Preston have done a lot of their business over the last few years is what makes me slightly cautious with some of my picks around like Luton and stuff like that. Like, I think the way that they approach transfers is really, it's understandable given their budget for a start. And I also think it's like commendable that obviously they do a lot of their business looking at League One and League Two players, trying to get them to step up. What I think you're then left with at the moment, though, is is quite a lot of players who have come through that route and either haven't played enough to show what they can do or haven't quite kicked on in the same way where you go, okay, yeah, they're, they they came from League Two, they came from League One, and now they're a top championship player rather than what I think what they seem to have, which is just a, lot, a lot of just like average, decent championship players. Um, so I think I think that's that's the worry. You see these guys come in with like a lot of a lot of promise, and you know that you've got to give them time to develop. And you know, after a couple of years at, at Preston, and, and like you say, it has got a bit stale you know maybe these guys aren't future premier league players maybe they're just decent championship players you know i don't look at the squad and and think yeah no there's a lot of stuff there that really excites me or or a lot of standout players um so you know that has bled into a lot of my thinking with maybe pouring a bit of cold water on something like the luton signings uh yeah i mean you both have them 22nd i have them 18th which now sounds very positive for them but uh, i'm sure it well who knows who knows um that's the problem with doing predictions isn't it nobody does um and then we've all got the same 23rd and all got the same 24 um blackpool in 23rd um i personally just don't see where the goals are coming from them uh they've got they've signed shane lavery from from uh somewhere in northern ireland linfield Um, linfield it was linfield sorry i forgot to note that down um, they've got uh, John Jules, 
uh, youngster on loan from Arsenal. Um, they're very dependent on having Jerry Yates have the same kind of season he had last year, it feels like. Um, but Even... it would be nice for them because like Stuart Moore and Teddy Howe, both ex-Reading players, are in the squad but probably won't play. Even, even Jerry Yates' season last season wasn't that fantastic, was it? I think he scored um, 14 goals. Was it? A lot of pens. Yeah, uh, pens yeah I, I just yeah. remember it, it was quite a high proportion of penalties. I, I don't I don't think he's going to be quite the same. I don't think he's got quite the same potential as, as say, Clark Harris at Peterborough to step up and, and score a similar amount of goals in the championship. Uh, Jerry and they signed Richard Keogh. <laughs> yeah, Why? I don't even want to talk about Richard Keogh. <laughs> I don't the... understand how he's at this level again. But um, yeah, he scored 14 non-penalty goals and another six penalties, uh, Jerry Yates. So, I mean, that's I... a fairly decent return, to be fair. I really liked them last season. I was super, super impressed with them. Um, I think Critchley looks a really good manager. I think the way they approach stuff is really interesting. You know, changing formation, a lot of players changing positions. Um, but what I think I'd go back to is what I said about Hull, which is, you know, we've seen teams come up and really blow League One away, which is kind of what they did for a lot of last season, even though they didn't win it. And then they step up and you have a lot of expectations for them to just crack on. And yes, the league's weak this season, but sometimes it, it it's a big shock to come up. So I think I think it's a big ask for them to, it, to, to, to transition it. Yeah, it's Sheffield United, but at the other end of the table, in, in my view, they're, they've, they're a squad for the very good League One players, but probably not able to make a step up it's similar to Sheffield United if they if they were in the Premier League to full of excellent championship players but maybe not Premier League players yeah I, I think mean, it'll be if they can sneak if they can sneak themselves out of relegation coming into this season That's then I season. think wouldn't be surprised to see them do it's a different structure to Barnsley but do something like Barnsley have done Blackburn have done Wigan were doing in terms of get that first season, just get through the door and then push on. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see them end up a bit of a yo-yo club in, in the same way that those clubs did. Yeah, I mean, as, as we've kind of been saying, like there's, there is some leeway in these predictions. Like There are a few that we could definitely see going down mm. that we haven't necessarily put sure. Um I'd be gutted if I was at, at Elliot Embleton, like get Blackpool promoted and then have to go back to Sunderland. But that's, that's yeah. Uh, and I mean, oh, I don't think we have to spend long on Derby. Their problems are well documented. Um, they're, they're bottom. I, I is is there a scenario, Alex, where they don't finish bottom? I don't think so. It's it, no, not not a realistic one anyway. Um, administration wouldn't be a surprise. Points deduction wouldn't be a surprise. Think they could probably go through three managers this season. That wouldn't be a surprise. Um, How many I, minutes is really going to play? That's the real question. I was wondering the same. Probably at ninety, and before he realises he doesn't really want to be there. Um, I think we're going to see a, a season very similar to Ipswich when they got relegated a few years ago, and you could just tell that they were not of the like the required quality to be in the division. I, I, I think they'll finish on less than thirty points. It, it needs it needs a sale, right? Like it needs. You could see. I think, honestly, best case scenario I can see is that they have a really bad season, but new ownership comes in. They're able to to do something in January 
and they maybe finish the season looking a bit stronger. But I, I just don't see them even in that scenario, given how small and weak the squad is right now. I don't see anything other than relegation. I think the only hope is that they go into League One with a bit of form or something like that. Um, yeah. One one thing that will happen this season, though, is if Aluko or Bulldog do sign there, we will be guaranteed that they will score <laughs> in a couple of months' time. So, well, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge them. They've they've had a tough time. Uh, anyway, that is our one to twenty-four. Um, so, Fulham, Bournemouth, automatically promoted. Sheffield United, West Brom, Middlesbrough, and Luton to finish in the playoffs. Reading seventeenth, maybe optimistic. Uh, Preston North End, Blackpool and Derby to be relegated. Um, I think one thing, when talking about Reading, you have to take into account how bad some of the other teams are, which I think some people aren't doing. Um, it would be great. We'll, we'll put a tweet up of our table. It would be great if you could tweet us and tell us who you think are going to get promoted, relegated, and where you think Reading are going to finish. And bl- um, blast it, blasters for any of the ones you think are terrible, which is well, inevitably, none, none inevitably is going to happen. So, Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it inevitably will. And um, please don't remember this when it's all completely <laughs> different in, in six months' time. Um, well, thank you very much, Alex, for joining us. Thank you very much, Jordan. Cheers. Uh, and uh, here's, to a, here's to a good season.